Hey guys, this is Shru and you are listening to Bioscope. In this episode of Backyard Buddies, we are going to discuss the social and extremely hard-working insects, the honeybees. Now, we as humans have such a close relationship with these honeybees maybe some of us don't realize it we get their honey and in fact they are a major contributor to our food production they pollinate almost one third of all the food that we eat so because of this we have such a rich understanding of their behavior and their habits and i will try to share as much as i can in this short podcast So let's dive right in. Now bees they belong to the order of insects called Hymenoptera and and this order of Hymenoptera includes wasps, sawflies, ants and so on. So when we think of bees I think the first thing that comes to our mind is the honey bees but there are so many other species of bees uh, in this planet and some of them don't even behave like these honey bees or bumblebees. they are solitary or they are sometimes semi-social but today in this podcast we are only going to talk about the honey bees so honey bees are extremely social as i suggested before and they nest in colonies and they have a single queen bee and then they have thousands of worker bees and a handful of drones or male bees in one colony nesting all together and this nest um has a very unique shape and structure they are built with vertical combs with hexagonal cells inside them and all this is built just by the wax that is produced by these worker bees isn't that amazing so they all live in this colony which can be seen as a society by itself because there is so much going on there is so much coordination going on between these different kinds of bees in terms of their work which has led to their survival for so long so let's start from the beginning where did the honey bees come from how did they evolve and how long have they been here in this planet so honey bees evolved somewhere between 80 to 150 million years ago during the cretaceous period yeah they've been around for so long they've been through the dinosaur extinction and so many other uh, changes in this planet and they've still survived they are known to be descendants of the wasps so wasps they belong to the same family and it is the researchers suggest that there was a single species of wasps that started gradually feeding on pollen and nectar and we don't know the exact reason but there are some theories and one is that uh, there was a scarcity of prey and uh, during that time the nectar sort of acted as a good food source for them and also the pollen is high in protein and all this could have led to them gradually moving to a completely plant-based diet and that's what gave rise to our first bees and i think that it was it actually acted in nature's advantage right because it was a boon to the plant world if you think about the pollinators of all these flowering plants it is the bees and as the bees evolved so did the flowering plants so all these amazing displays of flowers that we see with different shapes and bright colors thanks to the bees and this process is called coevolution where 
you have the bees evolving and that sort of contributing to the evolution of plants themselves now let's talk about the three different types of bees that live in this colony and what kind of roles they play and how unique they are now i think we should definitely start with the worker bees because they make up about 85% of all bees that live in a single colony or a hive now worker bees are more like um population right a human population in a ruling government um and it's a very democratic um system that these bees follow so these worker bees all of them are female but all of them are infertile so what happens is that the queen bee is the only fertile female bee and all the worker bees are infertile because of the queen bee so the queen bee releases a chemical substance called the pheromone and that affects the reproductive apparatus of these worker bees uh, which makes them infertile eventually and because of which even if they lay eggs those end up being male bees or the drones so they can never produce a female bee and the very interesting life of a worker bee is that as the name suggests they are extremely hard working they do almost all the work for the colony if they are born around summer time their lifespan is about 5 to 6 weeks yes that's about it but if they were born around winter or fall they have a longer lifespan it's because they don't move away from the hive um foraging and using up all the energy they use it sort of to tend to the work within the hive and also to regulate the temperature of the hive so then they live to see the next summer and the world of bees is so organized everybody knows what job they are supposed to do so for example take the worker bees the kind of role they play depends upon their age so as they go through their life during different phases of their life they have different activities or responsibilities so as soon as a worker bee turns to an adult which takes about 21 days the worker bee starts working immediately so as soon as a uh, 3 days old as soon as they are 3 days old as adults um they start working by cleaning up their own cell where they were born right cleaning out debris uh, cleaning out waste products cleaning out any dead bees and so on so they start work immediately and as they grow a few days older they start doing all the housekeeping work around the colony for example they tend to the queen they feed the queen they feed the larvae that are still developing um and as i said they clean out any of the waste products that are in the beehive and so on and so forth some of the bees also tend to nurse new eggs um feeding larvae keeping them warm and so on um and as soon as they become around 20 days old they become foragers so that's when they actually step out of their hive and start exploring the world exploring the world of flowers um and so they get out they constantly fly to find nectar and pollen and then which they can bring back to feed the larvae the queen and the rest of the family this has a big toll on their energy levels and life that you know the foraging activity itself sort of uh brings them to the end of life so their wings sort of give up after 500 miles of flight and 
that marks their end of life so as soon as they've given back to their hive they sort of pass away now these worker bees are you know you might think that they're just workers they don't have any say in the colony but in fact it's a very democratic society the worker bees decide when a queen should leave the worker bee decides when to feed the queen and they are the ones who decide the next queen as well isn't that absolutely fascinating so let's talk a little bit about the queen bee then what does the queen do right if worker bees are doing all the job well she also has a very unique role um that only she can achieve so just like in the human kingdom there is only one queen now the queen you might think is like a ruler as i said before the worker bees are actually the rulers the queen bee isn't a ruler in fact her brain size is much smaller than the work that of the worker bees but one characteristic of the queen bee is that she releases pheromones the chemical substance that she releases is used to communicate to the rest of the hive keeping them motivated keeping the worker bees motivated to do their job and so on but the main goal or objective of the queen bee during her lifetime is to reproduce is to lay as many eggs as she can so how does an egg become a queen bee versus you know a a worker bee so that is decided upon by the worker bees so once they identify that a particular egg is going to be eventually the queen uh once the egg hatches and the larvae is produced usually all these bees get a substance called the royal jelly that the worker bees produce and this royal jelly is fed for the first 3 days when it comes to worker bees and drones uh they don't get fed the royal jelly beyond 3 days but if you take the queen bee or once they decide that that larvae is going to be the queen they start feeding a royal jelly beyond the 3 days uh up till adulthood and this makes all the difference so this makes all the difference so this makes her have a larger body and also gives her the ability to give out these pheromones um and this is because this royal jelly is a particular type of special diet that has a very high sugar content once the queen bee is up there as soon as 3 days old as an adult she starts going around trying to mate with these male drones and the interesting fact here is that these queen bees do not mate with the drones from the same colony she always goes out to mate with drones from the other colonies so they do have certain regions where you have a cluster of male drones waiting to be mated with and this queen bee flies through there and then chooses about 10 to 20 of the drones to mate with so that is enough for her entire lifetime to produce abundant number of eggs for her colony now if you think about this you know the act of uh, mating with drones outside of her colony and also having a variety this contributes extremely to genetic diversity and the reason behind this is that it gives the whole colony um a wider gene pool because of which they might be overall resistant to other factors that might impact a certain you know genetic uh, makeup for example any disease resistance and so on so this overall makes the whole colony stronger and more resistant so since you know the lifespan of worker bees is so less and you need to keep producing these worker bees the queen constantly lays eggs in fact at one point during the spring she can lay eggs all day and night an egg every 20 seconds so a colony will usually have an early population of about 20000 to 30000 bees 
um so that is like a whole lot of eggs right and it all comes down to this one queen bee who's responsible for all these worker bees and all these drones so the workers on the other hand sort of help her out right so they groom her they feed her and the queens can't even digest their own food the workers have to you know digest the food for her as well as to clean up her waste afterwards so the queen is more like you know she her job is cut out her responsibility is cut out and the rest of it is taken care of by the worker bees now when do you know when a queen bee has to be replaced that is also based on the pheromones that the queen generates so for example the queen constantly generates these chemical substances the pheromones uh, which tells the the rest of the worker bees that the queen is healthy and content and productive but when she stops sending these pheromones then they know that something is wrong with the queen bee and we have to start raising another queen and that's how the whole cycle starts again now we've talked about all the female bees let's go on to the males the drones the drones are not as many as the worker bees there are only a couple of hundreds of them and these drones actually their job or responsibility is to mate with the queen their only job is to mate with the queen so during you know these kind of mating activities hundreds or even thousands of these male bees will all compete with one queen right they don't really fight but they just try to get their chance and the very bitter sweet experience of this is that once a drone mates with a queen successfully they die and this is because of just the act of reproduction itself that sort of rips their abdomen apart and eventually leads to their death so once they've served their purpose they sort of die away and the rest of the drones which don't get to mate uh with a queen bee are eventually starved off to death by these worker bees so if you think about the whole ecosystem the worker bees are the rulers right and they decide what happens to the colonies and they have all the power but they also do the hard work so it makes sense another interesting behavior or characteristics of the honey bees that are so fascinating is the way they communicate so as discussed before the queen bees use their pheromones to communicate about her health and productivity and to keep the worker bees motivated but the worker bees themselves generate pheromones and these are not the same as the queens these are used to communicate with other worker bees about a predator or somebody else who might be attacking the hive or the bees and so they can communicate very effectively using these pheromones but they also communicate another way to communicate to the other worker bees about uh the location of nectar or pollen and this is using a dancing sequence i wish i could capture one of these when i'm out and about but we'll see one of the worker bees once they found out a rich source of nectar somewhere or pollen um they immediately come to the rest of the worker bees and do a dancing sequence which looks like a series of figure eights and straight lines and there is there are so many factors around this dance that communicates where the nectar source is for example the intensity of the dance uh tells you how much nectar or pollen is available the length of the dance represents how far away the source is and they also based on the straight lines they travel the direction of the lines uh will tell you where the which direction to take to go towards that food source and not just that the most amazing part is the angle of the dance right so they if they go straight up let's say the sun um is straight above the bees and they go straight up it means that the direction of uh the source is straight towards the direction of the sun versus so with respect to the sun they sort of move towards different degrees or angles thereby telling the rest of the worker bees 
which direction to take to go towards uh, these rich source of food so even without language and anything they are able to effectively communicate and keep the whole ecosystem alive we saw so many fascinating and interesting behaviors about these bees um and how they live in their own sweet world not knowing how much they are contributing to all of us as well but the unfortunate uh, consequence of our habits is that these honeybees their population is on a constant decline in fact around 2014 2015 their population was going down by 30% every year and in 2019 there were reports of it going down by almost 40% every year so there are so many reasons why this is happening and many of it contributed by humans two main things are contributors one is climate change and the second one is pesticides so how is climate change contributing to the loss of bees one is because of habitat loss so bees they fail to migrate to cooler areas to establish new hives because of climate change and sometimes what happens is they miss the cues right so so bees and plants they have a very good relationship with each other the bees have to pollinate the plants for the plants to flourish and the bees in turn get their food source so when this cue is out of whack for example let's say they use weather cues like a snow melting or air temperature to let them know when spring has officially started and weather patterns now are shifting beyond the normal right and this kind of sync between the plants and the bees is completely gone and because of which sometimes the bees come in much later than when the flowers are already there and vice versa and this can cause um a disadvantage to both the plants as well as the bees and many scientists have been researching about this and a latest paper actually that came out in august it's more like a review paper that says that if we act immediately then we can probably save this so if you know the climate change outpaces the rate of adaptation of these bees then nothing can be done but hopefully the bees learn to adapt to this changing climate um so the only way for us as humans is to try to reduce our impact on climate change the second one is pesticides so as you know we have so many different pesticides that fa- they use in farming uh to remove other pests but this is in fact affecting the bee population a lot um so biologists have uh found over 150 different chemical residues in the pollen and this they say is a de- very deadly cocktail so by itself it is very dangerous for these bees but not only that it also in turn um reduces their immune power so it makes them more prone to diseases and this has led to what is called a colony collapse disorder so this is when you know a majority of the worker bees in a colony they disappear they just abandon the queen and the hive and then they just disappear which results in a whole colony collapsing and you know people think it is because of climate change pesticides and so many other human factors uh, that are contributing to this i know it is a very sad state of affair It is very heartbreaking to learn about this but as human beings as just normal common people what can we do to help save these bees not just out of the goodness of our heart it is also because they actually play a huge role in our food production most of the fruits of fruit trees and vegetable gardens they're all pollinated by these bees you know grains on the other hand they are pollinated by wind and if they reduce in population that can affect our food production as well i think it is our responsibility to make sure that we contribute positively to their environment and what can we do 
So one is growing more flowers and trees that produce nectar and pollen. The other is growing, having a vegetable garden in your backyard, having herbs um, that provide food for bees as well as us. Uh, sometimes you can keep water for them to take back to the hive. Don't disturb, don't kill a bee if you see one. Just leave them alone and they will leave you alone. And also thinking carefully about pesticides, about the food that goes in, uh, that you purchase. Uh, make sure you buy locally grown organic fruits and vegetables and make sure to support these beekeepers in your area that are trying to protect these bees. I really hope this podcast was helpful in learning not only more about the bees, but also to have compassion to the insects and the backyard buddies that we share this planet Earth with. Hopefully we live a more sustainable life.